<laughs> oh, you're going to go there. Great pride, brothers and sisters. <laughs> What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to your weekly episode of That Tattoo Show. I am one of your hosts, Chris. He's joined by the host, Paul. <laughs> the older. I got asked again the other day, do I dye, what colour I dye my hair? And I'm like, it looks like nice and easy 106 to me, that does, Chris. This is my natural colour. And if you believe that, you'll believe anything. This is what a five-year-old and a, a, pan, a global pandemic does to you. It makes you go grey. <laughs> Chris, yes. What's in the news? Um, first of all, in the news, well, this, I, I did have some new news today. I don't know if you want to chuck that in or not, Bob. No, let's just stick with the two things we're going to talk about. Let's stick with a plan. I've, I've, I've seen layer cake. Have a plan. Stick to it. So the first bit of news that we've got is what we mentioned last week, which is the HSE uh, has published their published published their opinion on Tattoo Inc. and have allowed us to kind of give some feedback. Now I've read it. Have you read it, Paul? I've uh, I've skipped read it to be honest with you. I only uh, I only needed the uh, the bullet points to be honest with you uh, because uh, all I needed to get to was the bit where they said for the UK and this is only for the UK where they've they've basically said green seven and blue fifteen. Guess what? You get to keep them. <laughs> Yes. I've got a whole bunch of Reach inks that I was sent um, and I literally just threw them all in the bin. I just went, bye-bye Reach ink. I haven't even opened them. I just put them all straight in the bin, got my Eternals, banged them all back on the shelf and went, welcome home, kids. Welcome home. Let's this get is on the with thing, it. Though. It's just the best news ever. Yeah, but this is the thing, though. Uh, do you want to burst your fucking bubble? We still, they still are going to have to formulate the inks to a certain degree. So I think we still are going to end up with Reach inks. And that's not because of the UK government. It's because why would an ink manufacturer make a formula for America and the rest of the world, a formula for Europe and one specific formula for, for the UK. So I think what is likely to happen is we will have rich inks like they've got in Europe. We will have blue 15 and green 7 in our inks, whereas Europe won't. Do you know what I think is more likely to happen? Uh, I think what is more likely to happen is that uh, separate governments around the world will all do what the um, HSE have done, which is the correct move, the smart move. They've done it based on the science and, and all that sort of stuff and the lack of science as well. What I hope will happen is that eventually the Europeans will see the error of their ways and the reach uh, stuff, you know, with the help of the Save the Pigments guys and all that sort of stuff, that the reach regulations in Europe will be amended to be more in line with the um, the English idea, the American idea. When you've got governments all around the world saying that, then the Europeans are going to have to climb down. I'm putting my hand up, right, because I've been getting accused of talking over you all the time. So I think if I put my hand up, you know that I want to speak. Thanks for defending me, guys. I agree with you. <laughs> um, I have been chatting to the Save the Pigment guys. I sent them all the information over. Um, and I think they might use this. I don't know. Hopefully they're going to, because they wanted to know what the limits are in the inks. So like the limits of all the stuff that you can have in the formulas and use the fact that the UK have kind of had common sense uh, and go back to the European Union with it. And you are right. With uh, Australia, they have done a similar thing. I think it's on the Save the Pigments page, but they've their, their margin for um, impurities is a lot more lenient than Europe. Europe have just gone far too deep about it. Like, it, it's quite mad that 
all of this is happening and half the fucking industry are completely clueless to it. Does that really surprise you, though? Because half this industry is completely clueless to what's going on anyway. Oh, mate, I was, like, walking around the tattoo convention the other day asking people, what are your thoughts on this current situation with the ink ban and the ink restrictions in the UK? And the majority of the people I spoke to were like, come again? <laughs> I didn't even know this was happening. And I'm like, yeah, they, yeah. they're all banning loads of colours. And they're like, what? I have no idea. So, like, my thing is, like, who are the government failing, not letting people know? Or is the industry failing? The industry's failing because the industry doesn't have a central governing body that can, that you know, that we could all sign up to. There should be, you know, tattoo.uk.org or something like that, you know, that, where you could go and you could sign up and you could get a newsletter and you could stay on top of the latest information and stuff. There this- should be something like that set up. There's, do you know, interesting, somebody sent me a message the other day, Lauren um, from Worldwide Magazine messaged me. There's a guy in America, you know, like that classic American over the top, like, the world is is ending for tattooing because the government to do it. Anyway, he's really dramatic, but he's getting the message across. And his message is that whole idea of like, the industry needs to come together. Yeah. And he set up like a whole Discord server where each state has got an individual channel and they, he's trying to bring the industry together. And I do commend the guy for trying to do that. But it's only going to bring, I think, the industry as artists together. It's not going to bring the industry together as companies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like the manufacturers. Because the manufacturers are still always going to compete with each other. And the manufacturers did have this responsibility and the opportunity to prevent the ink ban from taking place anyway. Yeah. I mean, realistically, England's not, you know, the whole the whole of the UK, if you like, is probably only the size of one American state. It should realistically, it should be pretty easy for us to put um, an industry body together. They, I mean, it should be reasonably easy. Um, unfortunately, it's not because most people in the industry don't know what's going on. And to be fair, if most people in the industry knew what the industry was like, they'd probably, they'd probably be horrified. <laughs> you know, somebody actually commented uh, to that effect on our Instagram this week and went, um, one of my favourite things about the show is when you accidentally let slip the murkier sides of the oh, industry, yeah. even though you very wisely stay off them. And you're absolutely right. We do very wisely stay away from the murkier sides of the industry because it's just not something we need to get involved in and this and, and and sadly this is one of the reasons why he's saying like oh we need to come together we need to do this and like because we can't have the government you know taking and setting these regulations yeah. it's just like everyone needs to understand one thing about the government they don't give a fuck about the tower industry all they care about is the public and when you've got manufacturers that have been using cheap ingredients to make inks the government have got no choice see i don't think that's a, a bad no, I thing don't. i don't agree with the the way the europeans have uh, put the legislation together i I'm, I'm much more in favor of the way the english have done it um or the the hsa it's uk isn't it you know so it's all of the, the uk people have done it and i'd like to know what's in my ink i'd like to know that it's as pure as it can possibly be and that it is somehow uh, governed in some way and somebody's looking at it. I would like to see the certification of inks uh, and the testing of inks made compulsory and I would because I'd like to see that responsibility put on the ink manufacturer rather than the tattooist because yeah. the way it works in Europe is the responsibility for the ink. The person who gets the fine is the person in the chain who's got the least knowledge on what's actually in it, you know, and which is... Not it's that just doesn't work for me. I think if you make the ink, you ought, and it and it needs to be to a certain standard. You should 
you should be forced to then certificate it and you know you should be liable for a fine if it's not correct I, I i just think it's unfair to do that to the terrorists which is another reason why i think the way reach has been rolled out in europe in some of the countries it's almost impossible to be to be a terrorist one, I think. one thing that i don't like is how i think it needs to be like a set standard of like right you know the ctl labs in germany have always been like the the gold standard of laboratory testing for tattoo inks they've got the most experience and i think if you bring in out reach inks in europe well no i think you should be no to be honest with you there. i think like if you've if you've got a standard then you could give that to a chemist and have a group of chemists in any lab in the world, right, could go, right, this is the standard you want us to test us to. These are the tolerances. And then they go, right, we'll test to this standard. So what should have been established was a standard that the ink must meet, and then any lab where you go, it is tested to that standard. Um, and then the that certificate... So then what happens is, if that ink then proves to be not to that standard the lab that tested it and the ink manufacturer themselves are liable for the fine rather than the tattooist. Because the, how the fuck does the tattooist know what's in it? You know what I mean? It's just blue ink. Do you know what I mean? Even more so, right? Like, the one thing that really fucking I don't get is how how you can get one ink from one company and you can have direct access to their test certificates from CTR Labs. Let's just use that as an example. But then you have other brands and it looks like they've made their own certificates in Photoshop. And that's just, that's, but that's not a requirement. Like uh, from what I've looked into is like, they're not required to provide the evidence. They can just turn and say, yeah, it's been tested and it's fine. So it is okay for them to have like these homemade certificates, but is it morally okay? I if, don't you're think not so. being, I think like, if you're not being forced to and you don't need to do it, then there's no need to do it, right? But what I do think the, that they should do is go, no, we do require you to do this now. We do need a chain, we do need a chain of, of responsibility yes. for this. I think that's how it should have been implemented. Now, that's not on the ink yeah. companies or the <clears> testing labs. That's on the people that have brought in the legislation. It's like, make the legislation work. Do you know what I mean? No, and it no, doesn't I, work. I, yeah. I, I also think that but, but I think oh, it's got to be fucking reassessed because it. they're allowing each country to apply the rules how they see fit. And it's like, no, you got it should yeah. be the same across Europe. So ink, ink in Holland should be labelled and tested and to the same, exactly the same as ink in Portugal because it makes no sense to let all these other countries do it because... Then, then all of a sudden, you might, you know, you were talking earlier about having to formulate specially for the UK, but it might leave it with the with the ink companies having to formulate or label slightly differently for every one of the twenty six member states of Europe, and it, that makes a fucking nightmare. because they've been allowed to do yeah, that themselves. But it makes it a nightmare as a manufacturer. Imagine if you got to have a different label on it. On a, you, you make one bottle of blue ink, and you got to have twenty six different labels depending on what country it's going to. Can you imagine the administration fucking nightmare that that would cause? Because now you've got your Dutch ink which is exactly the same as the Portuguese yeah. ink, but it's got a different label on it and it's got to, but that can't go to Portugal. Different that's label. got to go to Holland. <clears throat> but that, no, hang on, that stuff's got to go to Germany because that needs a different label. Yeah. That, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean... And the responsibilities on the important... I think the responsibility should be on the European Union, you know, that have put this together because quite frankly, this, it looks to me like they couldn't organise a fucking church fake, let alone a fucking, uh, you know, a load of legislation for ink. Fucking nonsense. 
Thankfully, the upshot of this, in case you're joining us late in the show, uh, thankfully for this, the upshot for us is if you're on the mainland, then, shall we say, of the UK, so Scotland, Wales, England, right, if you're one of them countries, you're going to have some reformulated version of reaching, but you, you are going to keep your blue and your green, so don't panic. It's much, much better. And actually, as a side note, this might be the only fucking good thing that happened from Brexit. If you do want to get really nice, cool, bright, colourful tattoos, come to the UK. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have still got good ink. Very good friend of mine, Sam Barber. She keeps uh, a couple of Czechoslovakian wolf dogs and one of her dogs, Roka, uh, unfortunately has been diagnosed with cancer. Now, uh, a lot, now Chris didn't know this uh, until yesterday when I told him. Um, one of the problems that you get with certain breeds of dog in the UK, I'm not sure if this is true um, everywhere else in the world, but we have a thing called the, uh, like a Dangerous Dogs Act. And it's a certain uh, uh, amount of breeds are put into it. And it means that you can't get pet insurance to cover vet bills for certain dogs. Now, this isn't just dangerous dogs. There are things yeah, like... Yeah, that's fucking yeah, wild. Yeah, there's like Sharpay are in there. So certain Mastiffs are in there. Certain cats you can't get pet insurance on in the UK. Even some cats are considered to be cats not insurable, devil, right? Though, so, unfortunately, Roka, the, the, uh, the wolf, doesn't have pet insurance. So, Sam is going to have to wear the entire cost of the cancer treatment, which is about £14,000, I think. She's, she's got halfway there and she's trying to raise £7,000 for Roka's treatments. Now, obviously, this is... Not many of us have fourteen grand just lying about, like, uh, you know, uh, and particularly uh, just after a pandemic where we've all had to go into debt, most of us, to keep our studios open and we're all starting to try to you know, desperately trying to keep our heads above the water. Our electricity and gas bills have quadrupled over the last 12 months. Uh, and it's not a good time to be hit with a massive bill. So I would like to ask all of you to do me a favour. And if you have a little bit of spare cash, I'm going to put the uh, the link there. I'm also going to put it in the, in the, um, in the description. I know that Sam will be absolutely gobsmacked uh, by the response because I'm sure you guys will, res will respond um, is, and I've put some money in there in the kitty myself that I could afford I put as much as I could afford in and uh, you know to try and go some way to help and I'd really appreciate it I'm sure there's loads of you out there that are dog lovers and you get it um, you know these these dogs are her babies you know they're members of her family and she's devastated and she's a really good mate of mine and she's a wicked tattooist um, and I'd I'd really appreciate it if you do it for me. So if you could do that for me, um, I would really, really appreciate that. Um, the other thing that she's doing, if you go onto Sam's profile, and I'll put her Instagram down here, right? On top of that, she's also doing a free tattoo for people where you can enter, pay £25 for an entry, and you will get uh, you'll get a free tattoo from Sam as well as a way of, of uh, repaying some of the, the kindness that she's already received from people around the world. Because I've got an abundance of tattoo machines in the shop. The brand new Numa Macro. Should we figure out a way of auctioning that off or something? Well, I tell you, the best way to do it would be head over to the GoFundMe, uh, donate a minimum of 20 quid, right? So donate a minimum of 20 quid, uh, if you can, screen grab your donation so that you can prove that you donated. And when the GoFundMe closes, 
we'll have a draw. Just just put in, you can write a message, right, when you when you make your donation. Just write that tattoo show, Neumer, there. And we know that that's you wanting to be entered into the draw. Uh, donate at least 20 quid and one of you will win the Neumer. Uh, and we'll see if we can help Roka get well, you know. Nice one, Chris. I appreciate that, mate. That's a good, good shout, mate. Can I say really 50 good. quid, like quid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. If you if you want to donate fifty quid, like all you do is donate twenty quid twice, yeah, and then donate. More, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Do it like that. Get yourself two entries. You can you can enter as many times as you want. Just keep donating twenty quids over and over again. However many entries you want, right? Do that for us, and we'll see if we can get this dog healthy again. You know, and I'm sure. Sam will be eternally grateful and I'll, I'll probably nip up to her studio and do an interview with her afterwards because I'm sure Sam would like to come on and, and thank you all so we can, we can have a chat with her about that and we can have a chat with her about tattooing and some of the awesome tattoo techniques that she uses and we can all learn a little bit because she's pretty fucking banging tattooist. <laughs> and that's the heartwarming good part of the story uh, and you would think that that was all you know, was all pretty normal. Some, you know, a fellow tattooist is struggling, been hit with a big bill for a dog that she can't insure, that she wants to keep alive. Uh, as a fellow dog lover, I completely understand that. You know, I would have, you know, if I could have kept my dog alive for 14 grand, I'd have, I'd have moved heaven and earth to find it, you know, and I'm sure that's what Sam's going to do, right? But then we get to the downside of this conversation. And this was something that, to say that it annoyed me would be the understatement of the century. Um, so Sam had posted about this on her Instagram and uh, a person came along who can only be, be described as a massive um, and made a comment about the money that she charges for her tattoos and how because she makes this money as a tattooist that she shouldn't be on Instagram begging for money uh, because you make so much money as a millionaire rock star tattooist. How dare you do this? So I said to Chris, yeah. not only do I think this person is a massive and I was really fucking annoyed about it. I wanted to have a conversation with you guys because I thought it would be interesting for you guys because you're all teaching yourself to tattoo. Um, you may all end up owning private studios or you may end up owning shops. Um, and I think there's a general consensus that there's a circle of uh, or a set of tattooists who have got high profiles, large Instagram followings and that travel all over the world uh, and do all of this stuff uh, that we're all millionaires yeah and what i wanted to have a conversation about was the true cost of tattooing so for instance you know because it's easy to make that assumption if you if you look on my instagram or sam's instagram or any of my friends instagrams we're, we're traveling here's me doing this convention here is me doing this convention there oh you you must be earning a fortune right and so I wanted to lay out some of the some of the costs of this and how the economy of this actually works is and just partly because I wanted to dispel that myth and 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 also partly because I think it would be interesting to you to know if you are thinking of opening a studio or you are thinking of opening a private studio there are like quite a lot of high eye-wateringly high costs sometimes it costs me 900 pound a month just to come let to me work. throw a, a couple of like figures at you to start with so in my situation with a a small tattoo studio it's probably like a couple of couple of thousand square feet something like that um, with four artists in it i have to and a piercer I have to make the average man's yearly wage every year 
just for the pleasure of yeah. having the building open. You know, so I, the running costs of my studio are over 30 grand yeah. a year before I even take, that's before I get paid, right? That's, you know, when you, you pay the rent, the rates, the taxes, you know, the, uh, all of the various licenses that we have to have to play music in the shop even, you know, all yeah. of that, the electricity, the internet bills. When, once I've laid all of that out, I'm over 30K before I even get paid, right? That, and that's not paying any yeah. of the staff, right, that get wages, right? You know, actually, it's only, it's only you know, I can only afford one member of staff. Well, like, technically, I've got two members of staff. One's part-time uh, who does the editing. Nice one, Jay. Don't fuck this episode up, man. <laughs> it, the, the, the video last week was a little bit out of sync. That was not Jay's problem. That was my fault. I fucked things up. There, so don't, don't get blaming him. So when you know that, that you, you know, with your own studio you might find yourself in a position where you've got to make 20 or 30 grand yeah. before you even start getting paid. Um, now, and the bigger the studio and the more the people in it doesn't always mean, doesn't always mean more money. It means bigger bills. The bigger the studio, the more it costs to heat it, the bigger the, the yeah. rent bill is, you know, and all that sort of stuff. The other thing is when I was traveling and traveling to conventions and doing the conventions around the year, or around the world, I was spending, on top of that 30 grand that I'm paying to keep my studio open, it was also costing me £20,000 a year to travel the world. Yeah. By the time you've added in the cost of the convention, the cost of the travel, the cost of a hotel, you know, and all, all of that sort of stuff, there's another yeah. 20 grand there. So I'm into 50K before I'm even making any money. I'm not making any money at this point. I'm not even getting paid. So when somebody like this fucking little comes onto Instagram suggesting that you've got so much money that you can just find, you know, £14,000 in your arse pocket uh, to, you know, to pay a sudden bill. I think it shows an, in an incredible misunderstanding of how we yeah. do stuff. Do you also think, though, that's a symptom of social media and how, without realising it, it's how people portray themselves? Like, we you know, like I said earlier on, it's like, you, you are, everyone only shows their best life on social media. Yeah, of course, so of course, yeah. When you show it, so when you're showing yourself as like, look at my big studio, look at my fucking amazing life that I've got, I'm traveling the world, then people are looking at that and going, fucking hell, you rich. So it's that thing of like, like, and like I said, I said this to Paul earlier, it's as much as like you could have like, just a, a, start, a normal lifestyle like we all do. Like I, I said to a woman today, because she said the exact same thing. She was like, you tattooist, you must be millionaires. And I, I, I had to point out and, and, and say to her that a lot of my clients earn more money than me. I just do this job because I love it. Money is fucking, it don't matter. But I, as long as I can pay my bills and to do my job, I'm a happy person. But you are going to get people that see you online and going to think, you know, some people are going to be like... You see, it's like I said to you, I don't only think that it's the online thing. See, you interrupted me, huh? Yeah. I, no, well, no, I was picking up on your idea. Um, I I don't think that it's only the online thing. I think part of this problem comes from, if you look at the tattoo TV shows uh, and you look at the way the tattooists are portrayed in those shows for the, you know, for the purpose of an interesting show, because, you know, if they portrayed what most tattooists do, which is... Go, leave the studio, go home, eat beans on toast, and then sit drawing <laughs> all night. It wouldn't be a very interesting show. So what they want you to do 
He's getting your converted, you know, classic American car. We'll spin it up the road to the strip club and sitting there all night throwing throwing money at strippers, snorting coke and drinking margaritas, right? Well, that's, you know, there's very few tattooists that actually live that way because, you know, it, you couldn't sustain that, you know. Like, you can't... We, we don't live our lives like we're members of fucking Motley Crew. No. Like we, but the thing is... It's just not how it is. But this is the thing, though. We, like I said, wrong. with social media, that you have got that problem of, regardless of what your intentions are and what the life you live is, there are going to be people out there that look at it and will look at what you put online... And they'll make up their own decision and they will then turn around and go, well, you fucking charge this much money. You must be loaded. How dare you fucking, you know, ask me for money? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's- yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand it. And I, and I think a lot of it is, it's born out of, and this is, this is a bit of life advice for me. Paul the teacher, Purple Andy Preacher and all that sort of stuff. Here's a bit You've of life advice that. for you, right? <laughs> I loosely... Uh, philosophically and spiritually, I loosely subscribe to Buddhism. Uh, one of my favourite things of uh, the Buddhist philosophy is that uh, all life is suffering. So one of my least favourite human traits is jealousy. I think it's a horrible thing to have. I think jealous people are the, the most vile, annoying people. Uh, and I don't really get it, if I'm honest. Uh, the reason I don't get jealous of stuff is that uh, the, the the loose version of Buddhism that I follow says that it, all life is suffering, right? So for everything that you want, you have to suffer. So let me use the analogy of, because Chris, you go to the gym, right? Or you, you do go to the gym and you've been to the gym, right? So if you wanted to get back to that and get back to the shape you were in when you were doing regular CrossFit and, and, and get, you know, back to that sort of shape, you know that you have to suffer. Oh, I have to suffer. Yeah. Right. But it's not really, it's not suffering in somebody sticking needles in your eyes. It just means that you've got to put in effort to get back there. Yeah. You got to put effort in. Yeah. And so when I look at, you know, my, like lots of my friends have won lots more awards than I've won. I don't get jealous of them because I don't like entering tattoo competitions. I don't enjoy them. Can I just say something as well? Awards, they don't mean fucking shit, really. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are like, like, awards are good just to, so you can say that you're an award-winning artist for for customers to think that they're getting tattooed by somebody who's better than someone else in the same town, like, do you know I mean? But generally, it's like, all it is, is just you were the best tattoo. That's what you were, your tattoo was the best tattoo that one person saw on that specific day. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they the fucking... But I don't get jealous of, like, you know, I can come to your studio, you know, and go into, like, Nipper's room and there's awards everywhere for stuff that he's won and everything. I don't get jealous of Nipper because I don't enjoy entering the awards, right? Because I, I just, I don't enjoy the process, right? I also don't enjoy having to finish my tattoos at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday because I didn't probably didn't get into the, co- the convention until two in the afternoon, right? Because I, I, I like to go out on Saturday night and drink with my clients, you know, when I'm away. So, um, so I don't get jealous because... I realised that Nipper or any of the guys that enter the awards, they're prepared to suffer something that I'm not. They're prepared to be in the convention at seven o'clock in the morning, setting up, doing all that work, like killing themselves to get the thing ready and everything. Well, I don't want to work that way. So when I look at my friends winning lots of awards, I go, brilliant, great for you, right? I don't get jealous because I'm not prepared to do it. Now, 
if do you, do you, you think know, though, like with a lot of the tattooists, do, 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 do you think on. though? In say like he's it, doing it, it again. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you again. Do you think though? Because because this is how conversations work. See, you interrupt each other and you 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 converse. Otherwise, it's just fucking as ideas. Yeah. Happen. Otherwise, it's just me sitting down listening to Paul give a fucking lecture. <laughs> Is that what you want? Comment yeah. down below. If you want me to just do a monologue every week and Chris just watch with you, like, I just will. Just me going, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, it'd be fucking boring. It will be. It will be. That's, what this, that's how this works. But anyway, um, what I was going to say is like, you are going to have some people that are jealous, right? But you're also going to have some people that are maybe, they would look at somebody who charges a thousand pound a day. And to them, that is a lot of money. So it's not necessarily a jealous thing. It's it's just them going like, I have to work all month, right, to get that thousand pound. For example, you know, you you only have to work seven days and you've made seven grand. So yes. So depending on the type of person, but Chris, hang on, hang on. Depending on the type of person, it might be if it's from a tattooist. Yeah, it's probably jealousy. But if it's from like Joe Public. They may just not have an understanding of like. They might just be genuinely just going like, how can you not afford it? You fucking- Yeah, I get that. But the other thing is, how many years did you work for free? How many years did I work for free? You know, how many years of tattooing did you work scratching a living together before anything happened for you? Or we could look oh, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, how many, years, how many years does a musician play for nothing and then they make one album that explodes and everybody says, oh, you must be minted, you, like, Wait, you know, that, loaded. Um, and you go, mate, I've, I was broke for 20 years I made, yeah. and we got one single that did well. You know what I mean? It, and I think that happens with tattooing. Like, I was very lucky. It's the same with, like, this, with the podcast. Yeah, exactly, with two years before it starts yeah, picking and, up, Yeah, and people, right? like, people have put in the comments, like earlier in, 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 earlier in the podcast when we started the channel, you know, we, we were honest about our opinions on a lot of stuff, on pretty much everything, to be honest. But then you have people going like, oh, you're only saying that because you want to get a sponsorship. And it's like, no, I'm saying that because that's my fucking opinion. And and we we have experienced that. And I think one, one thing, like I said to Paul earlier, is I've, what I've learned from this is people just, you are going to have people that are going to say that type of shit. And you just got to accept that they're fucked out there that will say shit. And there are people out there that will support you. I think the thing that I'm trying to get across to you is if you're getting into this to be a millionaire tattooist, um, there's every chance that you can be that. But you've got to understand that um, there will be a long road towards that. There will be massive amounts of costs. There will be huge amounts of sacrifices that you'll have to make, you know, because as as fun as travelling around the world might seem, if you do it, for long extended periods of time it it can actually get pretty lonely and pretty boring you know living in hotels on your own it's not the you most you sacrifice fun. a lot of things you do sacrifice it? a lot of stuff you know one of the guys that I work with he he, he said he said this earlier cuz we had, we actually had this discussion about the topic today and he made a really good point he's like you have people out there that are in, internet and instagram famous and they travel all the world tattooing and he's like I'm pretty much booked up for the rest of the year and somebody, somebody down the road who's one of these Instagram famous tattooists, they've got 11 free days in March. And they, they so you sac, so for, for fame, you sacrifice yeah, like yeah. fucking good But then like. you could sacrifice um, a love of your own artwork and the need to make art that you believe is meaningful in, re- in return for money. So everybody yeah. has to divide it up the way they want to do it themselves. And you, and everybody should have the right to 
okay, you know, decide what you're prepared to suffer for, decide what you're not prepared to suffer for, and every, let everybody else just do them. You just do you, right? But don't get into this thinking that you're instantly yeah. going to be a millionaire because you're not going to be because the, the more stuff you do, the more bills there are to it. And the higher you want to climb that ladder, the, the more it's going to cost you to get there. If you even get there, right, there is a big risk yeah. involved in that. Um, and that's the other thing that people don't see. It might not happen, you know what I mean? You might do all of that travelling and nobody notice your work. You know, there's you know, there's 450 artists in most yeah. of these conventions and, like, realistically, there's about 25 of them that anybody knows who they are. Everybody else is just someone else, you know. Yeah. So, you, you know, go into it with your eyes open. And the, you know? a lot of people get into yeah. massive debt, don't they? Massive amounts of debt, yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, they go into massive debt, like, just, just to promote themselves on on conventions and so on, they just take out loans, credit cards, and they get themselves into debt, up, no, in debt up to their eyeballs. And some of them, like what you said, they're going to succeed. Other ones are going to be left sitting in their shop without any business because it's f fucking failed. Like, and I'm to start from scratch. I've been working actually on the marketing seminar that I'm doing and one of one of the first lessons or the first talks is going to be about defining what success is for you. You know, so I think that that's a big part of it is deciding what you want out of tattooing. How do you want to... First lectures. Yeah, because Chris won't be involved in these so they will literally be lectures. It's about defining what you want out of tattooing and what are you prepared to suffer for but also understand that if you want a big fancy studio in the middle of a city, you know, if you want to be in the middle of New York on the ground floor, that's probably going to cost you three million a year in rent, right? Do you know what I mean? If you want to be in the middle of Milan, if you, you know, all that sort of stuff, these things come with price tags attached and it becomes... Um, it can it, that can become a big stress that you may not want, you know. And if you you know if you only want a simple life and you just want to do really nice tattoos well, on I people, then maybe you don't need to chase all of that. Maybe what you need to do is just tell local people about how good you are at tattooing and how you like doing lots of different styles and just do that, right? I, I was going to say, I think one of my mates, he, he was paying like five grand a month rent. And that's just like in England somewhere like... You know, city centre, London. That's not including rates. That's just rent a month. <laughs> you want to rent a building there on the ground, the ground floor, you know, that would make your eyes water, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's mega bucks, right? But it doesn't mean you can't have it and that you shouldn't shoot for it if that's what you really want. But you, you have to understand that, A, you're probably going to be broke a lot of the time. And on the other side of that, people are going to be going, oh, you millionaire rock star tattooers. What do you mean you can't afford a beer? You know, and you'd be like, are you fucking having a laugh? Like, I'm, you know, this is costing me a fortune to do this. So... Kind of, you know, I guess understand that, you know, I think the, the perception of what we do and the reality of what we do are two very different things quite Which often. It goes back to how you present yourself. You, you really need to be careful of how you present yourself online. Because if you are presenting yourself as a certain way in, or in a certain way or in a certain light, People are going to have that opinion. But can of you imagine you, and then if when, all these people were putting up um, just the electric bill and the the rates bill and going, "Oh my God, I'm not going to make it to the end of this month." Everybody go, "Oh, I'm not following this account because with with social media, people want well, that voyeuristic yeah. thing. They want to be able to watch yeah, somebody yeah. living a lifestyle they can't live." <laughs> well, I think one of the one of the comments, right, that I thought was, a, I actually was like, "Fucking cold as fuck." It's just somebody literally wrote on her post. Unfollowed. How fickle are people? You know what I mean? It's like, it, I think that kind of thing's disgusting. If you're online, yeah. uh, just like, please try not to be a, you know, as simple as that. Ironically, right, the person who made the comment about, you know, the thousand pound noir, they're a cat person. Says it all. 
Says it all. Says it all. I went and looked at their profile like... Well, if you're watching this, person. I don't care you're a cat person. You are a... And with that, guys, we're going to bring this to a close because this can just go round and round forever. So this has been your weekly tattoo chat. Or weekly tattoo chat. I hope that this has been food for thought and at least been entertaining. Uh, this has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. And remember, if you want to get a free tattoo machine... Go and donate. It's right there, right now. Right now. Donate 20 quid to there. And then Neumer at the end of it and away we go. If you want... Me and Paul will sign it and draw, like, a cock on it for you. And so with that, tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest, tell that kid on the internet that he's a... <laughs> and that we'll be here every single, single week, week <clears throat> on a Sunday in the morning talking shit about tattooing, as we always do. I hope you have a great rest of your week, guys. See you next week. Take care. <laughs>